Hi, everyone. Welcome to the CrocCast podcast. I'm your host, Nate, along with my co-host, Matt. And today we have the... And today we have the special honor of being joined by Mr. Kerry Howe. Kerry, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Enjoy. I'm enjoying uh, talking to you guys here and <laughs> the opportunity. Awesome. So, Kerry, do you mind telling us how you first got to uh, reptiles and chirping in general? Yeah. So, you know, I always tell people that uh, as a kid, a small kid, and I grew up in southeast Pennsylvania. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, there wasn't, I wouldn't say, a plethora of herps there in that part of the country. Although there, there were quite a few. And I'm finding out uh, the longer I do this, there's some pretty neat things up there in that area. But uh, at the time, I didn't know. And I was, I just enjoyed getting in the creeks. Just enjoyed finding uh, salamanders, redback salamanders and crayfish and uh uh, frogs, you know, maybe the occasional water snake, but uh, at that time, it was just about critters. Um, you know, my mom used to get mad at me because I'd bring home, uh, you know, salamanders and you know all kinds of critters and and uh, leave them in jars and you know she'd find them weeks later dried up, you know, things like that. But I I was just fascinated, you know, by uh, you know wildlife in general, but it, it seemed like uh, it was more of those, you know, aquatic amphibians and, and reptiles that just fascinated me. So, uh, you know, I guess you could say I never outgrew that. Um, you know, I never, I wasn't really into field curping until, goodness, well after college. Um, I uh, uh, married my wife, Tammy, uh, in 1998, and uh, Soon after that, we were living in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, uh, we lived in a small little rental house pretty close to downtown Greenville. And uh, I was doing some yard work outside, and I was breaking leaves and just cleaning things up, some piles of you know, debris and things like that. And uh, under some of that leaf litter, I found a nice decays brown snake, and uh, I uh, thought that was pretty neat. I picked it up brought it inside, showed my wife, uh, and I said, you know, I'd love to hang on to it, you have a container, I can put this thing in just for a day or two, just to watch it, you know, and uh, so uh, she said, you know, I have a, an aquarium under the house that I used to keep a pet corn snake in from the class, she was a teacher in those days, and uh, so she said, I'll put this still down there, and I went down and checked and sure enough, it was there, so put this little brown snake in this, in this, uh, uh, and you know, watched it for several days and released it. But uh, I was kind of hooked at that point. Um, I realized, uh, just doing a little research online, that uh, there were just a ton in South Carolina of species of snakes and, you know, and reptiles. And I just was like, you know, I could find some more of these things. You know, so got me outdoors. I enjoyed hiking anyway, getting outside. And, so I went to the nearest uh, state park and did some hiking around, found a few other species of snakes. Um, and one of note was the uh, queen snake, which was pretty, um, pretty common there. And uh, so I found quite a few of those, some water snakes and uh, copper baits. So anyway, those things just kind of, you know, evolved into this, uh, you know, fascination with finding them in the wild. And, uh, kind of, 
you that uh, childhood uh, fascination that I've had back out. And, uh, um, but back in those days, it was about finding as many as I possibly could find. And, uh, uh, now it's kind of evolved into finding them in the wild, but photographing. Um, I've been uh, um, 
rep for a number of large pharmaceutical companies over the last 15 to 16 years. Uh, worked for Johnson and Johnson for a while, um, even Pfizer for a short time. I worked for another company that's based out of California, and I call pretty much all just hospitals and uh, talk to pulmonologists and respiratory therapists and uh, I spend a lot of time in the hospitals and in doctors' offices uh, talking to them about uh, you know our product and uh, it affords me you know um, I mean it's 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 a lot of work. Uh, it's hard work sometimes, many times, but it's also one of those jobs that can be somewhat flexible. I have a large territory. Much of my territory even takes me down into uh, places, I should say, or up into places where herping is kind of a, uh, it's some really good herping, uh, some really good areas and habitats that, uh, you know, um, if I have the time or if I'm spending the night, you know, overnight, uh, you know, to uh, call on clients, um, you know, take a few hours to do some hiking or tin flipping or, you know, uh, just looking for, thir- for certain things in some of those areas. So I've been able to find quite a lot of my herbs, you know, on, you know, short-term work trips that I've taken, you know, around the, the southeast. And uh, so uh, I just love the Georgia-South Carolina region. It, it is just chock full of amazing animals, amazing, you know, herpetofauna, and um, I, uh, you know, think even where we live is just an ideal spot almost for, you know, somebody who is willing to travel two, three hours, but I can go two, three hours in any direction and just about find uh, most of what is found in the southeast. Yeah, I was, uh, those are the questions I was going to ask, if you go out herping while you were working and stuff. Let's just put it this way. I've ruined a few dress shoes. Over <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do mosquito research, and so um, two days out of the week, I, I set up um, traps and stuff to, to collect mosquitoes to do disease testing. Um, and I, I live down in here in Florida now, and so um, I am always seeing stuff out there. I'll be like, even like, I'll pull into a gas station just to get like gas or something. I'll see like a red-headed agama on a, on a wall, and I'll be like, running after it trying to see if I can grab it and people are probably like looking like what is this maniac doing (laughs) I mean that's not something you see every day in the US but in Florida you know yeah (laughs) yeah especially um, I I get in trouble too sometimes with it too like I'll I'll see somewhere like while I'm at work with like a a neat lizard or something I'll find like a population of a neat lizard and I'll go back there after work and usually, like, I've had the cops call me a couple of times because I'm places where I shouldn't be. So, oh, yeah. Where, um, I think we've all had those experiences. Yeah. yeah. We, um, so where where have you, you mentioned that you've traveled uh, to different places around the country, gone herping. Where, kind of just tell some, some of the stories with that. Yeah, so um, one thing about my job, again, is that uh, travel, um, you know, my territory is primarily in Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, which is where I do most of my travel. But every year I take at least a couple trips uh, for sales meetings and national meetings, things like that, sometimes training. Like I mentioned, my company is based in California. So I had to do some training out there uh, when I first took this position. Um, It seems like a lot of our national sales meetings um, are in one of three places. 
Dallas, Texas, Orlando, Florida, or Phoenix, Arizona. And I don't know why, but those just seem to be the places that I have you know, found myself most often. But we've also been to places like Chicago and um, uh, Dustin, Florida, for whatever reason, one year. So, you know, it, it, but what it does is it allows me to, when I'm there at these meetings for a week, to take a couple extra days and rent a car and stay, you know, pay for my own hotel for a couple of days and uh, check out that particular area. Um, I mentioned Phoenix because uh, Phoenix has been one of my favorite places to go for work. Um, and I've been able to, on several occasions, not just check out Arizona, but also shoot over to Southern California because the time of the year was, was just ideal there in the February, March you know, time frame. Um, if they get the rains in, South, in Southern California, um, you know, flipping rocks and boards is just phenomenal, um, the amount of uh, hurts that you can find. Um, one, I'll give you my most recent uh, you know, experience out there. Uh, it was, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago, we were in Phoenix, and I decided to take two extra days, and I drove to San Diego. And uh, um, I was uh, connecting with uh, another herper out there who I knew, and I uh, was willing to kind of take me out and show me some board lines and things like that. But uh, um, we got, got together, actually, he, he couldn't get together until the afternoon, but he told me of a spot I needed to check out that morning until he could uh, you know, get with me. So I checked it out. Just rain. It had been the first rain in about four weeks in California, that part of California. And I found at the first spot, just flipping some boards and tin, um, about uh, 10 snakes in about 20 minutes. Wow. And uh, almost all of them were lifers for me as well. But, uh, you know, things like cow keys, found some pellurai, found uh, alligator lizard, ringneck snakes, and... Um, a gopher snake. So, you know, it was quite an experience to just find that many in a short period of time. But the rains out there are just, um, you know, the best, really the best way to, uh, you know, gauge when you should get out and start looking, especially at that that time of the year. February, March, uh, in fact, I've been surprised when I was out there for training um, in the Bay Area, uh, you know, even in winter, dead of winter, if you get some rains out there, you, know, you can find quite a few birds. I mean, it's, it was amazing to me how many salamanders, you know, the uh, encetinas, the, uh, you know, uh, the slender salamanders, and then uh, there's some boards and kind of some rubber boat, and, uh, you know, gopher um, snakes, things like that, you know, dead of winter. So it's really interesting, uh, you know, to uh, uh, get out there and to a new place, completely different than what I'm used to, and find completely different perks um, in, in a short period of time. And, uh, so uh, I've been fortunate to be able to do that on several occasions. Um, I was talking to Nate a little bit before the call about uh, same time with uh, another company I used to work in that was based in the Chicago area. And uh, when I was there one year, uh, nine years ago, in fact, almost to the day, um, I got together with a guy by the name of Mike Pingleton, who's uh, a friend of mine now, and, and 
out together for the first time there in Indiana, in the Kankakee uh, area, and uh, found my love for bull snakes, um, you know, found milk snakes, found some garters, lots of cool stuff there as well. So um, those are the kind of short trips I've been able to take because of my work, uh, taking me around so uh so uh you recently finished up a yeah sorry you recently finished up a trip to arizona right i did yeah that so this was completely unrelated to work of course but (laughs) my son and i i think i mentioned that my son uh is you know really into the hobby now but this is his first time to really get out west and uh, so this year, we, at the beginning of the year, we planned a trip to Arizona during the monsoon season, you know, but before he started school. So, you know, first week of August this year, we went out to Arizona, spent the week out here. Um, had a great week. Uh, you know, couldn't have asked for really much better uh, in terms of the, the number, quality, uh, you know, and everything of, of the wildlife that we were able to see. Um a lot of rain, beautiful, green, lush countryside out there, if you can believe it, in southern uh, Arizona. Um, but the rains were plentiful. So, yeah, um, you know, we found a few of our targets and then some. So it was really great, great experience. Um, I would recommend if anybody likes to hurt, um, at least take a trip out to Arizona once. you got to get out there and just... Uh, you know, it's hard to explain, you know, the road cruising out there versus maybe, say, in Ohio or even in Georgia, for that matter. Uh, Florida, you might find some places where it's like that. But, you know, when you're stopping every 10 minutes, you know, for a snake in the road, you know, it's just a, it's an exciting experience. It really is. Me and, uh, me and Nate recently, uh, about a year ago, actually a year ago yeah. now, or, yeah, anyways, we took a trip out to Utah. Um, with a, We stayed at a buddy's house. Um, it was southwest south, uh, Utah, so it was right in that corner, between right by uh, Nevada and Arizona. And stuff. That was really cool. My Personally, I was really um, hoping to get a desert iguana, chuck wallet, and some sort of rattlesnake. For I have never seen a rattlesnake in the wild. Like I've had all sorts of opportunities to, but never have. Like uh, I even interned in Kentucky, where there's tons of timber rattlesnakes in this one area never saw one people are telling me they're like hey i just saw a timber rattlesnake and i go over there you know so i'm all missing out so i really wanted to see rattlesnake and um we actually got uh we saw a bunch of stuff but we actually got a chuckwalla desert iguana and um and a great great bunch of great basin rattlesnakes that's good you saw great basin rattlesnakes out there that's great yeah that's one I didn't see, but I will tell you, Graham and I uh, saw, just in the one week we were in Arizona, we saw um, eight different species of rattlesnake. Uh, wow. We so, um, yeah, it was it was quite exciting to see that man. The, uh, the desert iguana has, I think the desert iguana is probably the hardest lizard. I've ever tried to catch. Um, what 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 is, what is like the most difficult for you? Yeah, well, so yeah, that's a tough one. I've only gotten a quick quick picture of one, you know, and that was several years ago uh, when I was out there. But um, they are tough. The tough 
this lizard that I found. It's got to be the six-line race runner here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, honestly, probably the only way I was able to catch it was, uh, you know, because it was undercover. And, I just put my hand, and it was already cold, so it wasn't, you know, uh, on the run. But I don't think I've ever caught one on the run. It's just uh, <laughs> That's how, when I was a kid, um, five line skinks, are, they were like the hardest thing for me, because especially when you got a knolls, a lot of knolls everywhere, and those are so easy to catch, and um, and I'd find these five line skinks, and I always, you know, go and catch, they're so fast, especially for like a kid, you, you know, you're not quite coordinated yet, and <laughs> I'd dive after them, and then, you know, I see the tail, I'm thinking, oh, there it is, and then, you know, it's it's somewhere gone, completely gone. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but then I eventually, I eventually got to the point to where I was actually really fast at grabbing them, and um, people who aren't used to seeing them, they'll see them, they'll try and grab them, and they like they can't grab them, and I'll, and I'll, I can just like quickly grab them because I've gotten so used to having to quickly <laughs> snag them. I've learned on, uh, you know, if they're on a wall or if they're on, you know, you, if you can somehow get them on a um, corner. Uh, of a board or a corner of a post or a wall, uh, you know, you can really kind of sneak up on them and, uh, you know, uh, grab them that way. But, yeah, they're tough. They're tough. They really are. And, uh, you know, um, I guess that's part of the challenge. One thing I found in Florida is those, you know, the green anoles are easy up here pretty much to get. But those brown anoles are tough, too. You know, they're not easy to grab down there in uh, Florida. Yeah, but it's it. it they're not individually. They're they're hard, but at least there's like so many of them that, that, that you have like nothing but opportunities to grab them. <laughs> so many, you're gonna get one of them exactly. So one thing I've been since I've been here, um, the one thing I've the one knoll that I've been having trouble grabbing is a Puerto Rican crested knoll. I'll see them, and then like I don't see them very often. It's only sparsely, and when I do, they just they're just gone like I just I, I don't even like get a chance to grab them or get a picture of one or anything so I, that, that's one that's been avoiding me <laughs> yeah, well I'm sure there's quite a few down there that uh, you know you can see and, and uh, they're probably real difficult have you ever seen uh, I don't know if the part of Florida where you're at they have the tegus or not but uh, you know I guess you have to be down and really down in South Florida to see them um, but uh, those would be probably pretty difficult too, um, other than their size. The so they're uh, I, I'm in Southwest Florida, so and they're found more over in the the uh, southeast part. Yeah. I have been wanting to make a trip out there. Um, from my understanding, from looking at other people doing it, all you really have to do is throw out a cake with like a with and throw, put an egg out there and leave it overnight, and you'll. They're, they're pretty easy to catch that way, but as far as, like, physically grabbing them, they're... They're just so hard and strong. You know, yeah, I would think that would be hard to... I am... Where I'm at is a... Um, the second largest spot in, in South Florida for Nile monitors, but they're all in, like, heavily populated neighborhoods, so I'm having trouble, like, finding a way to get there without just, like crawling through people's yards. That's crossing, right. Yeah. Now, don't they have quite a few chameleon down there as well in your area? 
Yeah, but it's it. Those are difficult because uh, the chameleons are like because so they're they're you can sell them for a lot of money. Yeah. They're like uh, they're like fish. They're, they're like fishermen. People when they, the chameleons are all in like one spot, and so they're like be a large population of them, and then there's like none, and then a large population, and so when someone finds those that population, they don't tell anyone where it is. So and it's like impo- it's like impossible to just walk through the woods and like find one. So they're they're difficult to find, but if you could find them, they're easy to. Then you're golden. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to tell anybody at that point either. So, right. Yeah. Got it. yeah I actually have a coworker who found a full-grown, gorgeous panther chameleon, and it was just walking up their side, their uh, their driveway. They came home, and it was it was on the ground walking up their their driveway. Amazingly enough, and they kept it for a while. Uh, they had uh, they put it on social media, whatever, and they just got bombarded with calls and, and people just asking them like, "Where'd you find that?" and offering to pay them money to look around their house to find them and stuff. It's it's insane. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I could see that being uh, pretty prolific as far as you know, uh, being able to sell them to pet stores and things like that. So, but uh, well, that's neat. Um, yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of some of the other trips that I've been able to take as well. Um, you know, last uh, last year, well, let's put it this way. We had one thing my company does, and, and most pharmaceutical companies do this with their salespeople, is, you know, if you have a certain uh, you know, success in your sales in a year, um, you know, they'll send, they'll send you on, on trips uh, to different places. And uh, I've been fortunate and blessed to have won um, a few trips here in recent years. Uh, several years ago, um, I won a trip to South Africa. So my wife and I were able to get there. And uh, now it wasn't a herp trip by any means. Um, you know, it was pretty structured, and you know they pretty much had the activities planned for us. And so it wasn't a lot of uh, time for me to get out and just look around and see. The other thing too is one of the spots though that we were at was in uh, near Kruger National National Park, which is uh, real famous for all of its uh, you know African wildlife. And uh, we did a safari, a two-day safari there, and uh, stayed in a lodge. We had to stay in our lodge at night because it, you know the wildlife uh, you know was far too dangerous to be out at night. So I couldn't do any herping there uh, other than just during the day. And, uh, but I did get to see a mamba just uh, go across the road in front of us. Really? Like mamba. And uh, that was pretty exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, some colleagues uh, in some of the other vehicles that they were in, saw boom slang and, you know, um, some of the uh, um, uh, you know, puff adders and things like that out and about. So, uh, yeah, it was that was quite an exciting experience. The just the mammals alone that, that I saw were amazing. Uh, but you know, we saw rock monitors, Nile monitors, like you mentioned. That's what made me think about that. Um, and uh, of course, Nile crocodiles and uh, the big five of mammals. So it was quite exciting. Um, last year, I was able to take a trip with my family because I won a trip as well. And we decided to go to uh, the Baja Peninsula. So we went to Cabo San Lucas. Uh, my son and I got out into the countryside, found a, just a tremendous amount of rattlesnakes and other polyvids and things like that, a lot of lizards. Um, that was pretty exciting as well. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I can't I can't tell you just how um, how blessed I am that you know I I have this this job that affords me trips and places to go to find different you know wildlife. But I'm always excited when I come home and find some of the local stuff. As well. so, yeah. Last night uh, we had a pretty good night road cruising here, so it was uh, it was fun. Did um did you see a Cape Cobra? Those those are in South Africa, right? They are, they are. Now they're primarily over in the uh, the western part of in, in the Cape area, of course, um, Cape Town. We did spend a couple days in Cape Town, but I didn't get out. I wasn't able to get out and look, uh, you know. But that was definitely one of those things on my list that I wanted to find if I could. Uh, really, the only thing I was able to find was Madonna lizards uh, in the wild. Turtle, turtle lizards as well, things like that, just around the rocks. Yeah. So you, I, uh, uh, actually, um, so you also once took a trip. I, I was just gonna say, I, I, <laughs> what was that, Nate? So, did you want you once took a trip to Costa Rica, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. That was just a family vacation about a year and a half ago. Uh, we decided to take a trip to uh, Costa Rica, so, um, yeah, we were there uh, a week, um, we stayed on the uh, Pacific side, South South Pacific side of the, uh, the country, and uh, we got to find quite a few of the, what you would consider, I guess, iconic snakes that you want to find, you know, the, uh, you know, Terciopella, the Turtle Ants, saw some uh, eyelash vipers um, uh, we found a small boa in our um, uh, in our lodge or resort that we were at and uh, um, let's see what, uh, what were some of the other things of course lots of basilisk and uh, 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 it's just a, it was just a really cool experience as well um, you know to see stuff but it you know, I was just struck by the beauty of the, the country and the rainforests, and um, we, uh, you know, it's just like you walk out of your, your room in your resort, you know, and you're sitting there, and you're looking around, and you look up, and there's a, you know, um, uh, my mind just went blank. <laughs> anyway, the wildlife there is just amazing. Uh, but yeah, we were able to do some night hikes as well as some other hiking in the, uh, you know, during the day. And, uh, um, you know, we, um, uh, I think probably my favorite find there was, uh, there was a barred cat-eyed snake on the road as we were coming into our, uh, our resort. Now, I didn't know much about these cat-eyed snakes. There were northern cat-eyed snakes uh, there. Uh, they were really common. We found several of those. But when I when I took a picture of the barred cat-eyed and one of my friends, Matt Cage, told me right away, he said, that's your find of the trip right there. He said, that's probably the most, um, you know, uncommon snake that you found while you were there. And uh, so that was pretty neat that we found one right near our resort. And um, so, um, yeah, it was fun. There was all kinds of, uh, you know, spiny Iguanas, green iguanas, you know, running around as well. 
So I've heard they're huge down there. Which one? The green iguana? Well, just in general, the iguanas are much bigger than the ones here in Florida. That's that's what I've heard, at least. Well, that's that's a good question. I I have not seen one in Florida, so I I would say I'll leave that you know to you. But I would say that you know the green iguana, especially that we saw, were huge. Yeah, they were big, and uh, the spiny tail were as well. Um, you know, but I just don't have a lot of reference you know, yeah. of how big they were compared to other places. But uh, but they sure were plentiful. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did we see when we were down there? We, uh, you know, some uh, one night hike. We were out. And we saw, of course, uh, the iconic uh, red eyed tree frog. I got a photo of that. Uh, you know, uh, we saw a, uh, um, a snail eating snake. You know, just a real interesting pencil thin snake. You know, just hanging like a vine. You know, and uh, it's pretty neat. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, quite an experience. We want to go back. There's there's so much there. You just you know you just want to go back and see more and uh, hit different places than what we were able to hit this time. I uh, I heard this guy talking. He he in a documentary series in in Costa Rica, and he said every time he went out looking for snakes, he could never find any. But whenever he was just walking, like whatever then he'd see him like left and right and so then he any, anytime he went outside he'd always carry a snake stick just in case so you find that you find that to be the the case that you find more when you weren't looking for him yeah well, i'm sure that's true and uh you know um you know it, it, when we were looking for them when we actually went out and you know hiked around um you know they're not easy to find and you would think especially those uh you know slagelli the the uh you know, eyelash vipers, you know, you think, oh my goodness, they're yellow, they have to be, they have to stand out, you know, many of them, and uh, we only saw one, and the only reason we saw one of those is because we actually had a guide with us at that one hike, and uh, he knew where this this one was hanging out, and he pointed it out, but we would have never seen it, and it's just like the most gorgeous, bright yellow, you know, uh, on a snake, but um, it took somebody pointing it out for us to actually see it. That's, that's what's so cool about snakes is you could be, like, most of the time they you won't see it unless they want you to see it. Like, um, when I worked at the Kentucky Reptile Zoo, uh, Kristen was telling me that when she was doing her master's, she was doing um, telemetry work with timbers, and she'd be scanning for them, and according to her thing, they'd be like five of them right next door, and you can't even see them. Like she doesn't even know they're there. She wouldn't know they were there unless you know they didn't have that stuff. And so it's, it's so cool. It makes yeah. it difficult to find them, but cool. Timbers, boy, timbers are a great example of that um, because uh, you know we we actually experienced that quite a lot up here. Um, one thing about timbers is they're very reluctant to rattle. First of all, you know, unlike a lot of other uh, a lot of rattlesnake species, but uh, you know, not only are they cryptic and you know, in the way they look and, and just, you know, how they, you know, blend in so well with the leaf litter and the ground cover, but, um, you know, they just don't rattle. And I, I can think of one time in all the years I've been looking for them and finding them that I've ever had one give itself away by rattling. And uh, so, um, yeah, they're interesting in that way. 
I actually just read an article that uh, just came out in a in a in a journal uh, like a month or, a month or two ago that uh, they were studying uh, Western diamondback rattlesnakes and they found that the the farther away they change they change the frequency of the rattle as you get closer to them so that they sound closer than they actually are the closer you get to them so like. Uh, when people are far away, they, they were able to accurately guess how far the snake was, but when they're much closer, they, they were inaccurate. They kept they, they kept thinking it was local, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually, uh, and I've, you know, I've found quite a few. Yeah, go ahead then. I'm actually going down to East Texas in a little less than a month and, uh, hoping to do some road cruising down there and find a few, uh, lifer timbers there as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you can down there, especially in extreme East uh, Texas. Um, you know, I would imagine even, especially after this. When are you going? In a week or two? Uh, about three weeks. Yeah, uh, I I would think the rain that they're going to be getting from this tropical storm will really get things moving, and uh, so it would not surprise me at all if you'll you'll have some good success. Um, but uh, right now, uh, timbers especially are, are on the move um, in the late afternoon, early evening, sometimes even after dark. Um, unfortunately, the other night I was out road cruising and uh, uh, watched somebody pretty far up ahead. Uh, you know, it was after dark, but I saw the brake lights come off and come on and come off and come on. And I said, what are they doing up there? So I, by the time I got up there, I realized, unfortunately, that they were running over a, just a just a real girthy uh, you know cane break rattlesnake oh. and, uh, so um, unfortunately it was, it was too far gone uh, when I got there I was afraid it was a gravid female at first but uh, just because of the size and you know the, the, the girth of this thing um, but uh, I found out it wasn't it was actually a, a male so, but yeah you know um, they're moving and uh, this that time of year, uh, the other thing I've been finding a lot of here in our area is Carolina pygmy rattlesnakes. Uh, last night we found four out on the roads, um, along with a couple a couple king snakes. And uh, so you know, this time of year, if you get some rains, which we have been, you know, it's uh, it's it's fun, and I'm sure it's the same way over in East Texas, Nate. I'm sure you're gonna find some some good stuff there. When um, back back where I was from in Georgia, I kind of lived in the middle of nowhere, and so our road, I would go biking down it at dusk and at dark all the time, just uh, road cruising for stuff, and I'd get a lot of copperheads. But the, the pygmies, I always found them dead on the road. I could never find a live one. I would always find them dead on the road, and that was always so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we found four live ones, but we found four dead ones as well. So there's a lot of traffic out on a Saturday night, so... You know, yeah, I think if you're in an area where there's there's a fair amount of traffic, that's how you're going to find them a lot of times, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, come on up here. We'll, we'll find some. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Your share of dusky pygmies down your way, though. I'm sure they're pretty common down there. Yeah, there's a, a lot of eastern diamondback rattlesnakes down here. I haven't been able to find one yet, but I keep... 
having people tell me they found them, and so um, I'm trying to get one. Um, someone showed me a picture. I was actually at a spot uh, that I like to go flipping here. It's just this huge, just open sort of like woods, and I'll just spend out there hours just walking around. And um, this guy showed me this massive one. Huge, and he told me he's like, yeah, just hangs out in this spot over here, and he kind of described where the spot was. I was like, okay, and I went over, and I hadn't been over to where he was talking about, so I went over there, and it looked nothing like what he described. So I had no idea where he was talking about. So I still haven't found it, but apparently it's always there. So I think he was he was sending on a wild goose chase. It sounds like <laughs> probably, <laughs> but uh, you'll find your you'll find yours. It's it's only a matter of time, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was actually about a year year ago when I was a year or two ago when I was still in Georgia. Um, I was mowing the lawn and I, I ran over. Um, I didn't see it, um, but I ran over an eastern milk snake with the lawnmower. And then it wasn't until I came back around that I saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah. but it had like a big lump in it. Um, I was like, oh, so I wonder what this is. So I I took out. I have a scalpel and um, I I dissected it and I actually pulled out a full intact uh, Cope's gray tree frog out of its stomach. It was so cool. It was like halfway down its body. Was wow. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, you know, it, it, you know, the more you see, the more um, you're going to find, you know, instances of predation and, and things like that. It's really exciting to see some of those things. We have a local swamp here outside of Augusta. And uh, I spent a lot of time there, especially in the winter months and, and early spring, um, mainly because it doesn't matter when I go out there. It could be, you know, if it's in the 60s, you're going to see dozens, literally dozens of cotton miles out basking. And, uh, and that could be in January or December. It doesn't matter. Um, but um, I was out hiking the swamp one time, and I was walking across the boardwalk, um, and... Uh, there was a, a black, long black racer uh, kind of sticking out from underneath the boardwalk. And it was just, all I saw was the, the back half of the snake. But, I, but it wasn't moving. It wouldn't, it wouldn't move away. I mean, I thought for sure it would kind of take off. And, you know, I'm walking on this boardwalk. And I, I got down on my hands and knees and looked underneath to see why it was, you know, just sitting there. I thought maybe it might be dead. And when I did that, I, I looked and I saw that it, it was actually inside the mouth of a cotton mouth. And the cotton mouth was in the process of, you know, eating this, this razor. And uh, as soon as the cotton mouth saw me, it let it go. It released it. And the racer took off. And, uh, you know, who knows if he survived the venom or not. But uh, um, anyway, those are kind of the, some of the experiences. I've actually been able to see cotton mouths combating, you know, males combating while I'm out hiking around and uh, pine, a couple pine snakes fighting one time over a female. So uh, it was pretty, some pretty neat stuff, you know, the longer you do this. When I, uh, when I was in college, I took a trip on spring break down to Orlando and uh, we were walking down this uh, river. It's supposed to be this river where there's a bunch of shark teeth. So that's why we went down there and um, we're, we're in the water uh, about like thought high and this copper uh, cottonmouth comes swimming across and it has a big old catfish in its mouth never seen anything like that before in my life and uh, so I'm like I'm I'm like you know 
know, getting up to it and stuff because I, I just I think it's so cool. And uh, police officer actually comes up right, <laughs> right, right as he's like swimming in front of me, and uh, and these uh, apparently there were three guys that were running around the woods with like guns or something, and so he was looking for them. And of course, there was three of us standing there, <laughs> and so um, he's like trying to talk to me, but I'm trying to like keep an eye on this water moccasin that's right in front of me, but. Everything was fine. Yeah, no, I know. It's uh, cotton cottonmouths. Um, they are very, um, uh, you know, they'll they'll eat anything. I I've seen them. I've come up on them in the middle of the road. Uh, you know, eating dead cotton rats. You know, off the road. We've also seen uh, really a neat phenomenon, and that is there's one road in particular where uh, we like to go looking frogs because when it rains a certain time of the year, there's like probably about half a dozen kinds of frogs just jumping across the road. And of course, a lot of them get run over and things like that, but um, one night, there was probably half a dozen cottonmouths out on the road eating these dead frogs. And we would actually take, we'd find dead frogs, we'd actually throw it in front of one of the cottonmouths, and he'd go right up to it and eat it right off the road. I mean, it was just the coolest experience, though, you know, that, that you can sit there and actually almost feed by hand if, if you were, you know, uh, if you wanted to, we, would, we weren't going to do that. Uh, but, uh, certainly, certainly you can, uh, you know, all they were, all they cared about was eating, and uh, they cared less than you were there. so it's pretty neat. That's, that's the cool thing about reptiles is they, they kind of, like, live in modes. Like they'll they'll be in feeding mode or they'll be in like exploratory play mode or whatever, and it's kind of cool to just watch them in their different modes and stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. Definitely when they're mating, you know, when I've come up with a couple of them mating, you know, they really don't they really don't care that you're there, you know. And the last thing I want to do is interrupt them, so I I'll you know just kind of watch from a safe distance and and uh, really try not to. You know, disturb them too much, but uh, you know they don't. They don't seem to care that you're there. They're in that mode, like you said. So interesting. Yeah, when I go biking, I go biking a lot, and uh, you know, there's brown and holes everywhere where here. So as you're biking down the sidewalk, there's just you know shooting off to the side, and I'll I'll come across two that are mating, and they'll just like, scurry across, still like populating, and just scurry across out of the way, and they'll just continue you know doing their thing and. Even when I come back, like a few hours later, they'll still be there, you know, doing their thing. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I actually uh, uh, had a uh, there was a dead poach uh, whip, eastern poach whip, on the road, and I was just road cruising, and I I every now and then drive by this dead poach whip again, and and uh, it got to where there was there was a live one that just kept coming out on the road where that dead one was, and uh, and then when I drive by he'd shoot off back into the woods and it was it was it took a while but i finally realized that this what this live coach trick was actually trying to make it and uh, you know so that that meeting you know um uh i guess you could say um you know um that it's strong you know that meeting uh desire or whatever so you know it doesn't matter they're they're in that mode it's not gonna, you're not going to do much to disturb them. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, anyway, well, this has been fun. I've enjoyed talking about, you know, some of our experiences. and. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that looks like a, it's probably a good time to or a good place to end. Unless Nate, did you have any other questions? Nope. All right, cool. Well, yeah, this is this has been great. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, same here, guys. Um, if you guys ever want to get up here to the Augusta area, you know, feel free. Give me a call. I know Nate's already. Well, you didn't get all the way down here, did we? We kind of met halfway up in the Greenville area, but uh, uh, anytime you guys yeah. want to get down here. And... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> down here. Um, you know, Matt, you might still have some friends or relatives up in this area to come visit, so uh, anytime you come up, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm actually going to be going up in October to go to Lepticon. So, okay. the, which one? In Atlanta? Or? Yeah, Gwinnett. Okay, yeah. We go to the one in Columbia usually. It's a little closer. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, if you want to get out, October's great. That's Hogtober. So, you know, if you want to find some hog nose or stuff like that, let me know. Get out and look for, for sure. it. It'll be fun. All right. All right. Thanks for being on the show. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Talk to you guys.